Well, today is our first week in what we're calling uh, the Advent series, or the beauty of Advent, as, as you can see behind us. And we're going to look at each of these candles. Each week we'll light a different one. And we didn't really want to do what we did last year because that would be monotonous to me. And sometimes I need to change things up so it's not monotonous to me. So this year, Pastor Barb found through LifeWay.com where they actually identified each candle through the different events that take place with Christmas. The first one being Bethlehem. So this candle is known as the Bethlehem candle. Next week, it'll be the shepherd's candle. And the following, it'll be the magi candle. And then finally, the salvation candle. So as we go through this series, this four-week series leading up to Christmas, I hope that you'll be able to be here each week because I know God's moving in our lives and I believe he's going to do some amazing things in yours. This is also a great time to invite people. There's no better time of the year than at Christmas to just say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? If you don't already have a church, if they do, let's not proselytize. Leave them where they're at unless God tells them to move. But if there's somebody out there and they're not going to church, invite them. Sometimes it's that simple, and especially this time of the year, I believe the Holy Spirit is moving on the, the hearts of people uh, to come to church and to come to know him better than they know him now. Amen? Amen. Well, I didn't introduce us yet. Uh, I'm Pastor Norm. This is my lovely wife, Pastor Barb. Our last name is Oberlin. You probably don't know that, but now you do. We never give our last name. We're on a first name basis around here. But both of us are ordained with the Assemblies of God, and uh, we've both gone through all kinds of education to get to that place and all kinds of time spent. You'd never know it, but we, You'd never we know do it, have though. the education. But I just wanted to share a little bit of our history if you're new here. And, uh, you know, we would love to get to know you more. If you've never filled out one of those little visitor cards, fill one out for us so we can get to know you better. Or if you haven't been here in a while, fill one out again just so that we can re-get to know you. Is that a word? I don't know. Anyway, I like making stuff up. So we see the candles lit this week for the Bethlehem candle. And I wanted to begin today just by talking about one of the prophets. And did you know that the birth of Jesus was prophesied some 700 years before he actually came to earth? I'd like to read from the prophet Micah today. If you have your Bible, you can turn there, or I'll have it behind me. Micah chapter 5. Oh, I should have put this up. The Bethlehem candle. Doesn't that look nice? I'm going to be reading from the NIV or the NLT, one or the other, or it'll tell you behind me uh, what version it is. We're jumping around a little bit just for clarity. Usually I read from the NLT. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he... Did I go to the wrong one? There we go. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of their peace. 
So who do you think Micah's talking about in the scripture? Jesus. Isn't that cool? Jesus. And because Mary and Joseph were obedient, first to the call of God, and then to the laws of the land, they found themselves fulfilling a prophecy that was spoken over Israel. To me, that's amazing. They had no clue. They don't even have, they didn't even have the resources we have today. So as we look at the first Advent candle, the Bethlehem candle, we want to look at how Mary and Joseph's journey can help us see that God can take any life, any willing vessel and do great things. Amen? We're all on a journey, whether you know it or not, just like Joseph and Mary. So if you would, we've got another scripture in Matthew 1, 18 through 19. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Uh-oh. Put yourself in Joseph's place just for a moment. The guy had been betrothed to this beautiful Jewish woman, and he was excited that he was going to get to marry her. But then Mary dropped the nuclear P-bomb on him. We find this in this passage of Scripture. Honey, this may sound hard to believe, but an angel came to me and told me that God was going to impregnate me and that baby was going to be the Savior of the world. Well, it happened. I am pregnant, Joseph, but I promise I have never been with another man. Y you believe me, don't you? First, is that your Jewish accent? I don't have just. <laughs> I forgot what a Jewish accent's like. I have a, a southern one. <laughs> Come on, really, Mary? Joseph might have said, you got yourself pregnant, and you're going to play the God card on me? Sure, the Holy Spirit came upon you and made you pregnant. Mary, I thought you were an honest woman. I need to go to my man cave and think about this. <laughs> I'm certain that Mary's heart was crushed after their discussion. Her fiancé didn't believe her. What would she do now? I wanted to share briefly that when God calls us to do something, it's usually not all that easy to carry it out. You realize that? Some of you have a calling on your life, and you've been fighting it because you know it's difficult. It's a hard thing to do. But anything that's, that's worthy of the kingdom is going to be difficult to do when people are being led to Jesus, when they're getting saved, when they're getting healed, the devil doesn't want you to be successful, just like he didn't want Mary and Joseph to be successful. So he'll fight God's people with all that he has as they try to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Amen? This Bible passage also shows us what kind of man Joseph was. He was a good man. He didn't run out and tell everyone what Mary had done, supposedly that she'd gotten pregnant, that could have resulted back then in her being stoned to death. It was such a disgrace. Instead, he decided to divorce her quietly to save her dignity. So let's read what happened next in Matthew chapter 1, 20 through 25. 
As Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Hallelujah. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you say Jesus with me this morning? Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, it just goes to show you, a guy's got to be hit over the head to get the message, right? <laughs> it didn't take Mary doing that. She just said, okay. But Joseph, oh no, had to have someone come down and just kind of say, hey, buddy. Try to place yourself in Joseph's sandals. <laughs> You've had words with your fiance. And probably said some things that you shouldn't have said. Anybody relate? No? Then you have this dream, and the angel tells you that your fiancé was chosen by God to give birth to Emmanuel, God with us, and that you were still to marry her. How would you respond? <laughs> I can picture Joseph waking up from his dream. Oh, Christmas cookies! Mary really is pregnant! <laughs> And God did it. And we're going to be parents to the Savior of the world. Whoa, what have I done? Mary, Mary, Mary. <laughs> Joseph runs to Mary and he finally gets to her. <laughs> Mary, uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, I had a dream last night. I need to exercise more. <laughs> In the dream, the angel told me that what you said was true and that you really are going to have a baby and it's going to be God's son. Mary, can you ever forgive me? Yeah, well, obviously, Mary forgave him, right? Whew. And that was the first hurdle. They both had to believe. Then the couple had to endure what everyone else would say Sure, you're giving birth to the Son yeah, of God. Can you imagine the community? Some might have said. Hey, uh -huh, Joseph sure. and Mary, they said they're having God's Son. <laughs> and God put him there. <laughs> I mean, if you really stop and think about this, what that couple had to go through. Wow. Wow. Is it my turn already? Besides humiliation... What other hurdles or trials did Joseph and Mary have to go through? Perhaps they had to face the sin of pride. Think about this. Now, I'm sure Joseph was a humble man. Just the way the Scripture doesn't talk about him, he had to have been humble. But as I was thinking about this, man, just imagine if God woke you up in a dream and told you, you were going to be the stepdad to God's son. How would you feel? Wouldn't you, like, feel kind of excited? Even maybe want to boast about it just a little bit? Who would? Come on, be honest. If you knew you were going to be God's son's stepdad, you'd be excited about that, wouldn't you? You might even want to brag about it. You might even want to make a bumper stinker for your donkey cart. <laughs> Catch that? 
Your kid might be on the honor roll, but mine is Emmanuel, God with us. Can you see that on his donkey cart? If you're new to this church, this is the best that our humor gets. Sometimes. We know, of course, Mary and Joseph did go to Bethlehem out of obedience to the law first, but also because God told them to. I can imagine the conversations the two might have had, though, before they went. I mean, ladies, most of you out there have had a baby. You're nine months pregnant. It's hard getting in and out of the car. It's hard to bend over and tie your shoes, let alone a three-day journey to Bethlehem walking or on a donkey. Can you even imagine I probably would have been saying, hey, Joseph, hold up, hold up. Can't we wait a few days? Come on, let's just, I can't make that walk. I just can't do it. I just, I just oh, most women in this stage can barely bend over, and here she is having to ride on a donkey yeah. or walk. Joseph probably had to finally put his foot down, being the head of this new family. Mary, the law is the law, and we have to go. Sometimes that works that way, doesn't it? Yeah. But not very often. <laughs> so the two traveled, I'm sure uncomfortably, to Joseph's hometown of Bethlehem. And I think we would all agree that this couple's faith journey with God was anything but easy up to this point. Can I get a good amen? Let's read about this in Luke 2, beginning with verse 1, and this is the NLT. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the, cens the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now what? obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Thankfully, this couple did what God called them both to do. We want you to see that Joseph was just an ordinary guy. He was a carpenter by trade who found himself in an extraordinary place. Years ago, we went to a church, and Pastor Albanese made this quote about Joseph. He was just an ordinary guy until God touched him. Then he became extraordinary. You know, Joseph might have been ordinary, but when God got a hold of him, he just became something special. And when God gets a hold of us, you and me, we go from accomplishing the ordinary to doing the extraordinary as God uses us. You know, it's really easy to sit here and listen about Joseph and Mary and go, yeah, that was hard, yeah, yeah. But what is going on in your life today that's keeping you from being extraordinary? Amen. Everyday life happens but when you listen to the small, still voice of God, it's going to turn it into something extraordinary without you even thinking about it. 
That's what's so cool about serving God. And listen to 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 29. It says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. You know, the beauty of this whole story is the fact that God used two nobodies. Nobody knew Joseph. Nobody knew who Mary was, at least before this event took place. Afterwards, certainly they were well-known. And God does the same thing with us. He puts us in strategic places. He calls us into strategic ministries where he will grow you up and you will become well-known, but he'll get the glory because he started with a nobody. Point at your neighbor and said, you're a nobody. Now point at yourself and say, I'm a nobody. We're all nobodies, but that's who God uses. Amen? Now don't go out of here saying we told you you're a nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you want it. You want it. I'm just clarifying. Right. Could Mary have, let me ask, could Mary have said no to the angel? Yes, she could have. Could Joseph have proceeded with the divorce even after having that God dream? Yes, he could have. But thank God they didn't. Thank God they were faithful when they heard that call, when they had that dream, and they listened and they did what God had told them to do. And all the glory went to him because this is his story. Amen? Regardless of the difficulties that these two faced, they were obedient. And that set the stage for the Lord and his, the Savior to be born in that little town of Bethlehem. And that fact leads us to what we want you to take away from today's message with. Amen. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. God has a journey for you to take. And your journey won't result in your being a mom or dad of the Son of God. But Everybody go. <laughs> whatever God has for you is important. As significant as the destination is, it's more important that you remain faithful along the way while you're on your what we call God journey. Stop for a minute and think about your life. Just close your eyes. How many in this room have heard the Lord speak to you about specific paths you were to take? Raise your hand. Look at all the hands. I see everybody in here Praise should be raising God. them today because we just heard two <laughs> different words from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Another, another question. Close your eyes again. How many have had someone you respect and know to be godly prophesy over you or give you specific knowledge about the path the Lord wanted you to take? Wow. More hands. You can open your eyes. <laughs> so here's the big question. You've heard from the Lord. He's spoken something into you. Have you been faithful in taking that path that the Lord's given you? See, there are two ways that we can look at our God journey, all right? I'm going to put them behind me. We can look at 
this journey in anticipation of what God is going to do in our lives and with an expectation of how he's going to do it. You know, like that little child that we read about, we're supposed to come to God as little children, right? Think about Christmas morning and how excited those little kids get. That's how we need to be with what God's doing in our own lives. Or we can be this other person. We can look at our God journey with frustration and fear and even deny that we've heard anything from the Lord. And I believe far too many of us fall into this latter one. Rather than being victorious, rather than moving ahead with courage and boldness and trusting God, we fall back into, you know, I really, oh, that's too hard for me. I don't want to do that. Hear this. Though Joseph and Mary were asked to get on what I'm calling the God train. Have you ever heard of that? Sometimes it's called the glory train, but I'm going to call it the God train. That didn't mean that God showed them everything that they were going to have to face in their future. Now, in my own experience, in our own experience, usually the Lord will show us maybe one or two steps ahead of where we're at, right? Been there? But he doesn't show us where we're going to be taken. He just guides us in that direction. Sometimes he turns us. We don't know where the end place is going to be, that end death. Well, we do. It's going to be heaven. But on this earth, we don't know where God's taking us specifically. We have to believe by faith, just like Mary and Joseph had to believe that God was going to do this thing. We have to believe the same when God's trying to do something in us. We have to trust that God is leading us in the direction He wants us to take. Joseph and Mary got on the God train, and they never looked back. How about you? What is the journey that maybe God set before you? What's in your heart right now that's been stirring a little bit? Something even small that you're supposed to do. It's easy to make excuses of why you can't do something. Oh, I'm, I'm sick. I'm physically, I can't do this. It's too much work. This is too hard. All of us have been there. All of us have done that. But Jesus tells us in Mark 10, 27, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. All things are possible when we commit it to the Lord. Doesn't matter. And God, Jesus put can it we, in can another we say way. say that out loud before you move sure. to the next one? All, all things, things are, are possible when you commit, commit it to, to the Lord. Lord. And in all things. Mark 9, Jesus put it another way. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believe. You don't want to look at the, the roadblocks. You want to look at the goal. And there's things in your lives that you feel like are not going to work. Last week, Pastor Norm had us come up for miracles that in your life that you, there's no way you can do it. And I'm standing on my faith for a miracle in our, my own family. And I'm believing there's no way humanly possible it's going to happen unless God intervenes. So you keep going towards that goal. You never step back because you don't know what God's doing in your life and what thou, that's going to affect others just like Joseph and Mary. I'm sure they weren't thinking on the way to Bethlehem. Oh, I know this is a hard trek for us, but... 3,000 years down the road, people are going to be giving Jesus Christ, our son, the glory. I'm sure their eyes 
were inward on themselves and what they were going through. But we need to keep our eyes on the Lord and the journey. Amen? I, I think I know what your prayer is. So could I ask you just a quick question, Pastor Barb? Ruh -ruh. Yeah. <laughs> Have you faced any obstacles in concerning... concerning I was going to ask this. Everybody that came up for prayer for Mary... Do you feel like every door has closed in your face and it's actually getting a little worse last week? And that's when... So know that that's not out of the ordinary. No, thank you for that. Because, yes. you know, there's been times, this is where we get our checkbook out. When there's an obstacle, we've prayed for something and the enemy tries to throw it in our face, I always go, we're going to give now. We're going to show him. And I think, thank you, God. The more we give to the Lord, the more he's going to bless us. And I don't, I just want to show Satan he's not going to win. You got to get that attitude. You got to get tenacious. Be tenacious. That's right. That's my word. That was a good message, that was a good message last week. <laughs> so, yeah, I, and, and I know I've said it out loud. I think I said it to my daughter-in-law. I said, I don't understand why all this is happening, but I'm just giving it to God. He's going to take care of it. And I'm taking daily steps. Amen. Amen. Well, as soon as you become born again, I hope you know this, you are, you are enlisted in the Lord's army. If that's you, then you've been called. As soon as you become born again, one of God's children, you have been called to take a God journey and, as I'm calling it, get on the God train. Now, you're not going to find the God train in the Bible because they didn't have trains back then, but just go with me with this, all right? You could end up giving birth to the next Billy Graham if you're a woman. Or you could witness to a young person who ends up becoming the next Billy Graham. You don't know. No matter who you are, no, no matter what the Lord has in store for you, it may not be as important as what Mary and Joseph did. But trust me in this, it is important. It is important for the kingdom of God for all the things to line up so that everything can be accomplished that the Lord wants to accomplish. And always remember this, what the Lord said to Zerubbabel. I, I wrote this down. Zerubbabel. You notice I gave you all the yeah. scriptures yeah, with yeah. the hard words. <laughs> Zerubbabel. In Zechariah 4.10, you know this one. Do not despise small, small beginnings. beginnings. Regardless of who you are, regardless of what God's asking you to do, it may, be, it may appear to be tiny, but you know what? God gives us little things to accomplish before he gives us big things. So you always have to grow up in your faith, and then the Lord will keep on increasing that, that what he's calling you to do. Amen. And finally, you need to enjoy the journey. It's so much more fun. When you're looking at the positive instead of the negative. And too often we only think about the destination. Like going on vacation to Florida. <laughs> yes. You know. We going? Oh, yeah. When do you want to go tomorrow? We can. <laughs> Ready. But most of the time, when you, you set a time, you're going on vacation, like for us, Florida. Probably the best part of the trip is the anticipation of going and getting your bags packed and getting all the the different things ready to go. It's, to me, that's fun. And driving down, I love to drive down. I think I'm the only one that likes snow and driving. It's so much fun. That's because I'm always driving. <laughs> in the snow. Thank you. Because I would shudder if you were driving in the snow. 
and that's why. I can drive great, but he makes me a nervous wreck. And so then so I'm she like, says, oh. every time I'm with her, she drives. So when she drives, that's when I take a nap. Are you done? <laughs> I, I don't resemble that remark. <laughs> no, the, your trip starts the minute you make plans. And, and that, so even with what God's got for you to do, enjoy it. See how, you know, and, and, and celebrate the little wins. Like, even if it's just getting up in the morning and saying, thank you, God, that's a win. You're up. You're ready to go. And God, if you put a smile on your face, you're going to make someone else smile that day. I had to do that Friday. I went home like this. <laughs> and it hurt. And I did it because I knew that. And I didn't want to do it, but I knew I had to do it. And by the time I got home, I was actually feeling a little better. Yeah. It wasn't such a pasty-looking no. smile. No. So what are we saying? The destination is important. But the journey along the way should be equally important. For it's on the journey that God shapes us, molds us, forms us into the person of God he desires us to be. Amen. When we were in Springfield, I talked about getting our education. I learned as much on the pot cart as I did in my classes at Central Bible College. And you might say, well, that's silly. I'm serious. I learned how to be humble. I learned how to praise God in the midst. I, I almost felt like Paul when he was chained up in the prison. Well, I'm down there with that Johnny mop swirling the toilet out. 66 of them a day. And I'm worshiping God. There weren't very many people that did that. We didn't learn it right away. We had to figure this out. Me and Paul, uh, Paul and I were the two that were on the pot cart. <laughs> He had his part, I had my part. So I'm down there cleaning the thing out, and I finally looked at Paul one day, and I said, you know what? We got the most boring job in the world. Let's make it different. Let's start worshiping God. And we started worshiping him. And here's the funny thing. We did it for about a month, and all of a sudden, my boss comes to me, and he says, hey, I want to promote you. And I was almost kind of sad, but not really, because <laughs> I had stared at toilets for six months straight. So I took the, the, the promotion. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is I learned more Amen. doing that. And Pastor Barb, you had a similar experience. I did. I worked at the dry cleaners. And because there were so many Christian schools in that area, the people that worked at the dry cleaners had gotten a little bit frustrated and annoyed with the Christian students because they always had excuses of why they couldn't be there, they couldn't do this. So when I started... They were trying to get me frustrated. Well, it's kind of hard to do that, especially when I know that's what they're doing. So what they would do is I'd be sewing at my little machine, and all these dry cleaner people would kind of they'd take their break, and they would sit all the way around me, and they'd kind of blow smoke on me and tell dirty jokes. And you, you Wait, have, these were women. They were men, too. Oh. But you have to realize... I turn really red at any kind of thing like that. So I'm just, I'm just praying, saying, Lord, thank you for these people. Lord, I just, I just want to love them. Just tell me what to do, and my face would turn red. But I never corrected them. I never said, get thee behind me, Satan. You guys are all sinners. Because I knew God loved them. 
And the other thing that was really hard, I had to go to class right after working, <laughs> so I smelled like a chimney. And for the first few days, I said, Lord, everybody at school at this Christian is going to think I smoke cigarettes. And then all of a sudden, I got my thought, well, who, who cares? If they're all Christian students and they're in there and they think I'm smoking cigarettes, they should be praying for me, so now I'm going to get more prayer. <laughs> you always make it a win. But I had... I learned to enjoy that environment and to be Jesus to them whenever I could. And that's just what Pastor Norm's saying. We had a professor tell us in college, in your classes, there's several of you going to college right now, you learn more outside of your classroom than in your classroom because you have to organize and get everything. And so when you get out of college, the habits that you form will stick with you. Amen. Some lessons can't be learned through a textbook. They have to be lived. Amen. And that's true with what God's calling us to do. So as we begin to close, we want you to remember that if you feel like you're just ordinary, then you're in the perfect place. You're right where God wants you to be. Because if you thought you were somebody, God couldn't use you. He uses the ordinary people. He begins with the small things so that in the end, he'll get the glory. It only takes a touch from God to make us extraordinary. But you have to be willing to get on the God train. Would you stand with us? You know, just like Mary and Joseph, they were on a journey to Bethlehem. And that's why we kind of, we were mirroring this with your own life. You're on a journey to Bethlehem in your own life. You're on a journey and you decide whether you're going to do what God tells you or you can make that excuse and tell yourself you can't do it. But remember, that ordinary situation can turn extraordinary with you taking that step out with Jesus. Amen. Because there are new people here today, faces that I haven't seen before, We always like to give you an opportunity to accept what Jesus Christ did for you on that cross. We're not talking about the cross today, but the reason God sent his son was to die for you and me. And anyone that believes in him, anyone that puts their their trust in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. But you have to get on the God train. How do you get a ticket? Simple. It really is simple. You confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and you tell him that you're sorry for your sins and he'll change you right where you're at. He changed me many years ago. He changed Pastor Barr many years ago and he's changed many of the people in this room and they're on that God train now. And I believe that there's somebody in this room today that needs to ask Jesus to take over your life with every head bowed and eyes closed. If that's you, would you just lift your hand up? You need Jesus. You know you do, and you, you just want to pray that prayer today and make sure you're right with God. Yes, you can put it down. Anybody else? Yes, I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? Yes, you can put it down. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Several hands have gone up. Now I want to ask the second part. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Norm, I've had those words spoken over me 
and I've kind of not been doing what God called me or challenged me to do. I've been running from him rather than to him. If you're here today, every head bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you say, that's me, Pastor Norm. I know that God wants to do something in me, but I haven't been letting him do it. Would you lift your hand up, please? Hands going up. Hands going up all over the room. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can put him down. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today's the day to start a new journey, no matter where you're at. Start that journey. Look for God moments in everyday life. Going to the store, getting gas at the gas station, at your workplace. Have those eyes that Jesus is looking through to bless others and to draw them to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because we believe God is moving in his church yet today, that he still speaks to us today, we, we pause at this point just to give the Holy Spirit room to move. So if you would, just take a minute, and, and then we'll pray one final prayer, and we'll close. Just examine your heart this morning. We may not be the most popular people on this planet. In fact, I know we're not. But Lord, you are. And it's because of you that we have life and we have it to the full. It's because of what you, Jesus, did for us on that cross some 2,000 years ago. We honor your most holy name today. Blessed be the name of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed be the name of Jesus who came in, in that, that moment of time through that virgin, through that unsure stepdad, Joseph, Lord. You came and you planted yourself on this planet to lead the way to, to your Father who was in heaven. And Lord, we give thanks today for everything that you did through the Word of God that was given us as a result of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Through John and the apostles writing the book of Acts. And Lord, continuing on through all of the, the written letters that were sent out that we hang on to today. We thank you for everything you're doing by sending the Holy Spirit to us. The Comforter. The Counselor. The one that speaks life into us. When we feel like we're down, when we've been kicked, you lift us up, Lord, because you see everything and you know every hair on our heads. You've counted them. We should be such an excited people, Lord. And if we're not, I pray you change that even now. Even with this man, Lord, when I start having those pity parties, just start speaking to me. Norm, get up. I've saved you. I've paid for your salvation. Now stand up. You've got the world in your hand. Now do what I've called you to do, Norm. And that's what I hear God saying to me on a daily basis. And he's saying that to you today. Now I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. And those of you who are wanting to get on that God train, just pray this loud enough so your own ears can hear you. Heavenly Father, say this with me. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. I've broken your commands. I've 
broken your commands. I've hurt others. I've hurt others. And I don't know what to do. And I don't know what to do. But I've heard about Jesus today. But I've heard about Jesus today. That he's in the business of change. That he's in the business of change. So I give you my life. So I give you my life. Everything I am. Everything I am. All this brokenness. All this brokenness. And any good parts. And any good parts. I give them to you, Jesus. I give them to you, Jesus. I make you the Lord of my life. I make you the Lord of my life. I invite you. I invite you. Have your way with me. To have your way with me. Make me a new person. Make me a new person. In Christ. In Christ. And Lord. And Lord. Help me to follow you. Help me to follow you. All the days that I have left. All the days that I have left. Until you take me home. Until you take me home. To be with you forever. To be with you forever. I pray this in Jesus' name. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you pray over the folks that the other part of the Lord, I just, right now, those that are know that God has a journey for them, and maybe they've looked the other way, maybe they haven't known what to do, or maybe they're just seeing it for the first time, I just pray that you give them that heart to see and that heart to do those things that they need to do. Lord, that they can look at life now as the journey to Bethlehem, no matter how hard, no matter what's going on, no matter how much life is thrown at them, that they'll stand up and keep walking, knowing that you're at the end of that journey, and that's exactly what they need to do, because we're going to win the world when we just keep walking. Even though we're ordinary, you can make us extraordinary. Now just touch these hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand this morning for everything he's doing? Aren't you glad God still speaks to you? Now we just need to be obedient. Next Sunday, we will be uh, going through the shepherd's story, but also we'll have communion together as a family, as a body. So if you come next week, hopefully you can make it. Uh, We will do communion corporately. We're still early. Wow. That's because I edited your sermon. That's a miracle. (laughs) No, that was because I let you edit it. I was being nice. I could have chopped off another 10 minutes, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't. Again, Lord, we thank you for everything you're doing here today. Keep our people safe and they're coming and in they're going. Show favor on them, Lord. Bless them beyond measure as they give in in their time, their finances, their resources of themselves, Lord, I pray you'd multiply it back to them 30, 60, even 100 times over. We love you and we commit this church and even our time of fellowship and coffees and cookies into your hands. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God God bless bless you. It's uh, common ground today.